Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's Boomer and Geo on the fan and the CBS Sports Network. Top studio, Boomer Esiason, Greg Giannotti, it's Boomer and Geo on the fan, simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network, and wherever you are on the free Odyssey app, good Tuesday morning. Boomer has talked about how he thinks it's nuts that the Dallas Cowboys would want to fire Mike McCarthy. It's nuts that the Eagles would want to fire Nick Sirianni. It looks like they're going to have a post-game news, uh, post-game or post-season news conference, rather, with Jeffrey Lurie and Nick Sirianni today. They're going to sit together and give the Eagles fans the plan of what's going forward. So I wonder what you think when Rex Ryan, our old buddy, he may be putting out a hot take into the world or he may be very serious about that when he suggests that the Bills could fire Sean McDermott after coming up short again and hire Bill Belichick to be the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. You want to talk about nuts? That would be nuts. Good morning, Boomer. How are you? Yeah, good morning, G. I mean, do you think that uh, Rex Ryan has an axe to grind with the guy that replaced him? I, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, you know, I'm not, you know, Rex didn't last very long up there in Buffalo. It didn't go very well for him. And then, of course, Sean and Brandon Bean and those guys lucked out and they were able to draft Josh Allen. Again, I always talk about stability in these franchises. And you, sometimes I think you're, you know, if you're Dallas, I mean, if you're Atlanta, and, you know, you, you went through Arthur Smith. Things didn't work out. He chose a couple quarterbacks that didn't work out for them. Uh, and you see maybe just a losing that continues in that building since they last went to the Super Bowl. That's when you fire a coach. And that's when you bring in maybe the greatest coach of all time to change the way things are being done and, and try to get along with the people that are there. When I think of Buffalo, I think a lot of what I think of when I think of the uh, Baltimore Ravens. We have this perception about the Ravens. Now, John Harbaugh has won a Super Bowl, but he hasn't won a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson. They haven't been very successful with Lamar Jackson in the postseason until this year. And if you would have asked me last year, hey, boom, do you think that Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh will ever win a Super Bowl together? You know, last year at this time, I would say, you know, I'm not so sure. But once he got his contract done... Once they started to build a team around Lamar Jackson, now I'm saying the reason that they do have a very good chance of getting to the Super Bowl and winning it and having the season that they had this year was because the owner isn't doesn't overreact to things. You know, the owner down there, Steve Bashotti, is probably the quintessential type of owner you want to work for. Somebody who stays behind the scenes. He's hired two general managers in his time. 
And that was Ozzie Newsom and that was Eric DaCosta. Those guys have followed a certain game plan. They've drafted certain types of players. And all they are is successful every single year. But yet, they haven't won a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson. So let's fire John Harbaugh. That's the same thing that I would say about Sean McDermott up there in Buffalo. Yeah, of course they haven't won. Of course they got hung up with uh, Joe Burrow. They got hung up with Patrick Mahomes. And by, by the way, these guys aren't slouches. They're two of the best quarterbacks in the league. And one happens to be the best quarterback maybe of all time, depending on what, what his career ends up being in Patrick Mahomes. So I, I understand that those guys work for ESPN. I understand that they're told to have very hot takes and be opinionated. And nobody's more opinionated over there than Rex Ryan. So good for him. He's actually learned how to do this on the dark side of things. But the practical aspect of all of this is that when you go in and you hire somebody like a Bill Belichick, you know, he is basically, can he get along with Brandon Bean, who's your general manager? There's all these different relationships that you have to worry about. I'm not getting rid of Sean McDermott. I'm I'm bringing back, uh, you know, him and Josh Allen. I'm retooling the roster and fixing where I feel I feel like we need fixing. And wide receiver will be their number one spot right now up there on the offensive side of the ball. And try to get the, the really good defensive players that all got hurt this year, get them back and hopefully be healthy. And they will be right back in the mix next year. Yeah, it's an age-old thing in professional sports, even in college sports. You can't change the whole roster in one year. You can fire a head coach, and then it feels like it's a completely different team. And There's different expectations, especially when a guy like Bill Belichick is out there. I mean, I guess what Buffalo Bills fans that want Sean McDermott fired and Maggie Gray down the hole is one of them. She wants to move on. <clears throat> They're thinking to themselves, all right, how can we continue to bring back the same group that can't beat those guys. Something's got to change. That's what they think. Now, I don't think that the head coach is a thing to change. I think that you got to retool the rosters. You mentioned Steph Diggs is not the same player. They got to get more offensive weapons. They got to get more depth on defense, which is very difficult to do in the cap era because that's really what held them back was that was Gabe Davis was hurt. Steph Diggs wasn't the same. So their weapons at wide receiver were different and not as uh, lethal as they were. And the defense was hurt. And you had Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field catching passes on linebackers that probably shouldn't have been playing in the playoff game. Now, retooling the roster is going to be so much more difficult for the Buffalo Bills. I saw this yesterday in this offseason. And here's why. Cap hit for Josh Allen in 2021, $10 million. Cap hit for Josh Allen, 2022, $16 million. Cap hit for Josh Allen this past year, $18 million. Next football season, 2024, the cap hit for Josh Allen is $47 million. And the salary cap is going up, too, by the way. And then you got to draft young players. You got to get guys that, you know, like uh, Nico Collins, like a Tank Dell down in Houston, that all of a sudden figure it out. And look at the guys in Green Bay. They're going to have to pay Jordan Love. But look at the wide receivers he's playing with. They're making no money. I mean, and so it's not, you don't always need to have the Steph Diggs, the Devontae Adams, you know, all of those guys, even even uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and Rashard Bateman and Zay Flowers are all on legitimate low-end low end contracts for who they are, what they've done, because they're paying Lamar Jackson. I, I mean, you just... You know, they have to just rebuild around, you know, Josh Allen. They got to get him a couple more weapons, just like when they went out and got Steph Diggs for him. Initially, it was explosive. Now it's basically, you know, it's 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 hit its the end point, and they have to redo it, and they have to retool it. 
Uh, I, that's why I'm like, I'm not screaming and yelling about firing Sean McDermott. And I know Maggie could say that, that she's a fan of that team and that she could have her opinion. But my, my practical approach to these things is that they don't have to blow that up. They don't. I mean, they, they got the number two seed this year after that coach got that team from six and six to where they ended up. And they fired the offense coordinator. Joe Brady, the new offense coordinator, came in there and he straightened things out. They started running the ball more. Josh didn't turn the ball over quite as much. And you know what? I, to me, given where they were as a team and how beat up they were, you know, the fact that they made it that far was really a miracle when you think about it. And the coach deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, for yeah, that. Yes and no, but this was also a team that was underachieving. Now they did have that part in the middle of the season where they had to go to London and the schedule screwed them up, and that definitely was a circumstance. But you know that team was supposed to be where they were at the end of the season. They were supposed to be that number two seed. Josh Allen was supposed to be in the MVP conversation. So when they weren't playing that that well, and they were six and six, and things were looking terrible for them, I mean that was that was a big problem. So the fact that they finally got, it wasn't a miracle that they got there. They just took a different route. I mean, it was a miracle that the Houston Texans made it to the divisional round. Certainly wasn't a miracle that the Bills did. I just, I just can't, you know, fathom teams that have, you know, really good years, teams that get to the playoffs, teams that end up suffering key injuries to so many different players. And yet they're still there on divisional weekend. And the game is a great game. And it comes down to a missed field goal from keeping the game being tied. I'm like, now you want to fire the coach? I mean, the general manager and the coach work really well together up there in Buffalo. You know, I don't know all the machination. I don't know why a Buffalo fan would want their guy coach I mean, fired. I guess, you know, Bill Belichick's out there and, and Rex Ryan's talking about it. I, I just, I, I don't get it. You know, I just, you know, and a lot of these, uh, and I always tell you that the most important relationship is the quarterback and the head coach. And Josh Allen seems to really like uh, Sean McDermott. And... I'm I'm not breaking that up. I mean, why would I? I mean that that's what I'm. That's what every team is striving for. And there's probably about you know seven or eight teams that have that relationship. And most of the teams that make it this deep into the playoffs, that's coach and that quarterback have that relationship. And Harbaugh and Lamar have it. Campbell and Goff have it. Uh, Purdy and Shanahan have it. You know, and of course Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have it. And so does so does Sean McDermott and Josh Allen. So these people can scream and yell all they want. I don't think they really truly understand how hard it is to coach an NFL football team. It's it's impossible. You got a million different decisions going on, a million things happening around you. You have guys shiving you in the back. You got yeah. fans screaming at you. You got social media exploding. You got the media just screaming and yelling that, you know, you need to change. You need to change. You need to change. Instead of recognizing what you have, what you have is you got a damn good set of uh, a starting point again now for the 2024 season. I mean, there were, there were Bengal fans early on in Zach Taylor's start there where, like, we got to get rid of them. You know, Joe Burrow got hurt. They, they didn't play well. And now here we are four or five years later, and not only did Joe Burrow get hurt again, but Zach Taylor got Jake Browning to a certain level and kept them in the running all the way through the season with a backup quarterback that nobody had ever heard of. That tells me that they got the right coach, they got the right relationship there, and they're going to be good again next year, assuming that Joe Burrow stays healthy. I mean, I, everybody's so quick to start screaming, fire this guy, fire that guy. And I guess this has a lot to do with the DeMar Hamlin fake punt, 
know, that really didn't come back to hurt them because this is the, the, the next series for Kansas City is when McCall Hardman fumbled the ball out of the end zone. You know, when you think about Kent, they should have won that game kind of hands down because they didn't really have the ball on offense. They were efficient, explosive, and did, um, I, I couldn't believe, like 43 plays, 27 points, only four third downs. <laughs> That that was an explosive offensive performance by Kansas City. Yeah, and I, I also think that um, in the immediate aftermath of a loss like that, you just start. You, you, there's anger. Yes, and 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 I think eventually when you get through and you get over that anger and you think, all right, maybe closer than you thought, and then this off season you do this, you do that. Hopefully the draft is a good draft and you calm down. So I do think in the days right after, you're angry. And you want to blame somebody. And you want to see heads roll. But then a few days later, you go, okay, you know, we could be this terrible franchise or that terrible franchise. We could be the Jets, for God's sakes. I mean, and look, that we're, we got a, a great top-end A-caliber uh, quarterback. And, and as long as we have him, we're going to be okay. You know, he talked about Belichick a lot. I don't know if it's a lock that he is going to get a job this hiring cycle. Because reports yesterday that Arthur Blank does want... Bill Belichick, but he's getting pushback from his front office yeah, and the of people that are there because of they because they want to save their own asses. I, I, exactly. So that was something that was sort of obvious that it would happen. But you know, does Arthur Blank say screw it? Belichick's the man, and he's coming in here, and I'm going to give him the keys to the castle, and that's the end of it. Or is he influenced by the guys that have been in the organization for a while? And if he not, if he doesn't go there, I don't know where the hell he's going. See, he, if I were Arthur Blank, I'm looking at my team and saying, you know, we've tried this. And things are not working. And the same guys have been here. And for some reason, this is not working and we are not winning. That That's that's legit. That That is a legit thing. And there are other teams like the Titans felt like, okay, Mike Vrabel got stale there. They, they're going to hire Brian Callahan, the offense coordinator for the Bengals, uh, who's 39 years old, who's been you know through the ringer as a coach, has been around, he's been successful. He was a part of the Broncos Super Bowl 50 team. So, so now they have him. So now we have basically one, two, three, four, five teams still open. The Panthers, Chargers, Falcons, Commanders, Seahawks. And I guess we also have the, yeah, that's five teams left open still. I mean, so there's still plenty of time for these guys to make their decisions, but the Bills don't belong on that list. Uh, yeah. And they're, and they are not on that list right now. And it would be, it still would be shocking, but. So if Belichick, if let's say Arthur Blank says, okay, I'm not going to blow this building up by bringing in Bill Belichick, and even though I want to, I'm just going to listen to the guys that were here. Let's say he decides to go that route, even though we don't agree with it. Where else is Bill Belichick going? I don't think he's going to the Chargers. I still think that that is where Jim Harbaugh is going to end up, and it's not going to be the Commanders. We know that. Is it going to be the Seahawks? It's not going to be the Panthers. We know that. Right. I'd be like, you know... I was telling Frank last year, Frank Reich at this time, I said, you know, what, what's wrong with taking a year off? I mean, what, why, why do we have to go jumping you know, yeah. head first back into something? Especially Doug Peterson took a year off, right? Right, especially with what was going on down there in, uh, you know, down there in Carolina. You know, the interesting thing is who knows what the Giants and the Jets are going to look like next year? Who knows? I mean, yeah. I have no, I, I mean, I can't sit here and tell you that, I know the Jets are going to be winning 10 games or the Giants are going to be winning 10 games. I mean, uh, we know better by now. Right? I, I, but again, those jobs may be open this time next year. You never know. Yeah. And taking a year off when you're in your 70s is different than taking a year off when you're in yeah, your 50s. But you know what? He, if, he doesn't, if he doesn't get the Atlanta job, there, there'll be five or six jobs open next year. There'll be, you know, 
it could include a New York team. I, I don't ever see him coming to the Jets. I'm not so sure that he would would want that, but uh, I could definitely see him coming to the Giants if the Giants don't go and you know turn this whole thing around. I mean, they've been here for three years now. I mean, isn't it amazing that Bill Belichick is out there and available? You don't have to trade for him. He is a free agent head coach, and he might not get hired during this hiring cycle. That, to me, is is nuts. I think of Arthur Blank as a successful businessman, first and foremost. And probably some of uh, his success is tied to a level of patience. You know, of just kind of like, okay, let's not overreact. Let's get... Uh, let's get Let's not dive into the pool head first right away. Let's go through all of our interviews. Let's see if there's somebody out there that we like better. And again, I do believe that there is some internal, I want to say strife, but internal people fighting back. Yeah, a little you know, internal pushback. You know, and I don't know what they would have a leg that I don't necessarily know they have a leg to stand on other than maybe some of the athletes that they've drafted down there. You know what I mean? Like they do have a good young team. They have some really explosive young young players and that's that's a good thing that's a good thing that they've done i don't know what the building is really like i don't you know once once losing starts permeating a building it's almost impossible to turn it around until you get that right quarterback coach combination that can drag that franchise out of the malaise you think if because we have a program director's job that's open now do you think if like rumors were out there that a a big-time radio executive that we knew of in the past was rumored to get the job, that there'd be internal pushback here. Depends they, on what kind of relationship you guys have. With them. I, have I don't have a relationship with any of these people. I like, think there's somebody out there, and then we all get together, and we're like, no, like what the Falcons are doing. I've officially thrown my name into the ring for consideration. Right, okay, okay, all right. You know, we all we all like, no, 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 we can't let this happen. Internal pushback. Like, I, don't, I mean, if the owner wants to hire somebody, the owner wants to hire somebody. I mean, it's Bill Belichick, for God's sakes. It's not some guy who's never coached before. It's the Falcons do all the time. They hire first-time head coaches. They all do. the time. You know, that, that's the other scary thing is that there are teams like the Jets that like to give head coaching jobs to novice head coaches, to guys that have never been head coaches before. You know, the last guy that they gave a job to that had real head coaches was Bill Parcells. Yep. I mean, Herm Edwards didn't have it. No. Al Groh didn't have it. Mangini. Mangini didn't have it. Right. Sala didn't have it. That's right. Todd, Todd Bowles, Bowles didn't, didn't have, have it. it. Adam Gase did. Adam Gase, that's right. Adam Gase did. But that lasted, what, two years? Yeah. Oof. Oof. That, was, that was a rough two but years. That, that, I blame that on Peyton Manning. That's, that's his fault. That's his fault. <laughs> All right. Boomer and Gio. You know that. On the fan and CBS Sports Network, just getting started. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I think Jerry's sick again. Jerry's sick again? What? I think oh. so. What are you talking about? I just saw him in the hallway coming from the uh, commissary. I woke up like with a, a headache. I grabbed that didn't, He didn't have anything in his hands. No, I where are you coming from? He goes, I want to go to the uh, to the medical kit to go get some uh, Advil because I have a headache. And I'm like, uh-oh. Actually, it's here not even go. that bad. Here we go again. But when I usually feel the start of one, it does. It never goes away on its own. Let me just knock it out real quick. Yeah, I don't think a headache is right. a sign of illness impending. I think you get headaches. That's what happens. Barometer changes, weather's warming up, yes. stuff like that. 365 days in the year. How many headaches do you think you've had? Not brought on by a little bit too much, uh, you know. Alcohol? Yeah. Uh, I would Just say. A normal headache day. I, I would say I probably have between 50 and 100. Really? I would say where absolutely. You're, you're reaching for the Advil? Absolutely. How about you, Al? I tend to get them on one of the weekend mornings almost every weekend. Well, that's because you probably drink too much on the, uh, the night before. He really doesn't, though. A beer. Legitimately, <laughs> a beer will do. <laughs> be a, that is now too, too much, much for, for Al, yeah. yeah. Al, yeah, Eddie, are you a big uh, headache guy? Uh, unless I overindulge, no. Yeah, neither am I. Yeah, I've been a big headache guy for a long time. I cannot, like, I can't just wake up and then all of a sudden have a headache, which seems like what's happening to you, Jerry. What? <laughs> You need to go to Princeton Longevity. This, I did. I was the first one to go, actually. Yeah, go back. Right. I don't need to go back. I just went uh, 15 months ago. I'm good. Actually came out really good. Really? Yeah. He did. Yeah, but you got headaches. You're sick all the time. I do get headaches, and I have gotten sick. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a human in the Northeast during the winter. <laughs> all of us go through it. <laughs> Last time I checked, you also got sick about a month ago, and you also, you know... We're pooping yourself in Arizona last year. I mean, it's, you've not, you're not immune to this either. Yeah, I didn't have a poop problem, though. No, you did no, because was, they I were was, lunching all over the room and you missed a show. I was, I was, is the other, the other end. Oh, not okay. That end. All right. Well, whatever. I had the norovirus. Like you missed a show. You probably, you probably gave in Phoenix. I did not even <laughs> get it last year. <laughs> he didn't get it. I, I got was it. good. But he didn't get it. You got it first from somewhere, somehow. I don't know. You all, were, I, all I know is that you were walking and you have a headache today. Yeah, I, I did have a slight headache. All right, okay. Uh, by the way. I'm worried about you. I'm no, fine. he's not. No, I'm good. Yes, I am. You wanted to see him dead. <laughs> That's not true. I want to see him dead. I said if he would have died. <laughs> Playing golf with his kids. Yeah. That would have been an epic story. We would have remembered you forever. Yeah. Uh, I have my CBS Sports Super Bowl 58 bomber jacket on today that I got in the mail. Nice. That's oh, a little nice. CBS Sports gift. It's really cool looking. And look at the inside there, the logo there. You can see it. That's neat. And right here on the sleeve. 
Anybody else get this bomber jacket? I think I ordered one. You got the bomber jacket? Al, did you get the bomber jacket? I ordered luggage. You got luggage. Eddie, did you get luggage? I think so. You got the luggage? luggage. Boomer, you you got the luggage. I probably ordered the luggage, but Harold Bryan probably stopped it from coming to me. (laughs) (laughs) That does happen. Yes, and he sticks it in his drawers. Right, he sticks (laughs) it in his drawers and he keeps it. Uh, but I love this thing. Can't wait to wear this thing in Las yeah. Vegas. Perfect. For I need like a new jacket, too. 60-degree weather out there, too. Uh, all right, Jerry, what's going on, man? We should be so lucky. All right, we're brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. A um, little different. We start with the NBA this morning. Korkmaz with Joel out top. Korkmaz with a dribble. Impede screens. Keldon Johnson and Osman on Furkan. Tobias with it. Now Joel double left to the key. Three to shoot. Three-point shot by Embiid. Got it! It's good. 59 points for Embiid. And that was Sixers Radio with the call. And that was in the third quarter. He would play parts of the fourth and score 70. Sixers beat the Spurs 133-123. His line 24 of 41 from the field, 21 of 23 from the free throw line. He only made that one three-pointer. So most of it uh, was from the interior and mid-range. Here was Embiid. And he goes, he was on, but his guys fed him the ball as well. How'd he go? Uh, you know, I mentioned a few times a lot of, uh, you know, teammates are extremely unselfish and, you know, they just kept giving me the ball and uh, I just finished it. Now, Greg Popovich had a front row um, view of this, as you can imagine, watching him beat his team. No shock what he did. He's a fantastic player. Uh, you know, obviously in the running for MVP. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, well, which we know. What's amazing to me about watching him I don't know how he doesn't do this every game. He's so much bigger. I don't know. He's, just, he's so skilled. So When's the injury coming? Well, you know that happens that's every a, single That's year. another issue, yes. But uh, 70 points for Embiid. Now, when is the rest coming? Like, don't they take like a couple days off here? A couple games off? I know you have to play at least 65 games in order to win the MVP. I don't know if Embiid's one of those guys that takes a lot of rest days. I'm not sure that he's a yeah, reason. He, he rests know. when he's injured. That's when he rests because that happens every single year. Meantime, you also had this happening on the same night. Weak side rebound to Kyle Anderson. Towns rumbles down the lane to the cup. He got an easy bucket there. It's been a struggle here in the fourth as he had missed five of six shots. But now he's hit, and he's up to 62. And that's what he would finish with. That was T-Wolves Radio. Had a chance to tie this game with a very long three at the buzzer. It did not go in, and the Hornets actually beat the T-Wolves a 128-125. I'll just give you a couple of seconds. Now, you would think Chris Finch, you know, on a night where he scores 62, you're probably not thrilled you lost. But, man, my guy scored 62, and I'm sure at some point it came up. But uh, he was asked if the game got away from his team a little bit. It was an absolute disgusting performance of defense. And immature basketball um, all the way through the game. So it really didn't slip away. No, they didn't play well. And that's what happens. And so they wound up losing by three despite the 62. Also of note, Suns beat the Bulls 115-113. KD the go-ahead hoop with one second left. And Jason Tatum at 39. Celtics beat the Mavericks 119-110. You got- Al, can you name, on not currently on the team, two Minnesota Timberwolves in franchise history? Oh, man. One, I mean, yeah. No, 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 no. Don't be mouthing them. Stop Kevin something. Oh, Kevin something. Yeah, that's <laughs> what's coming to mind. Oh, man. Oh, oh my. Kevin Garnett's coming oh, to mind. Oh, my God. Boomer. And who was his, like, partner early on, his guard? Kevin Garnett's partner? Right, or was that before, way before him? 
You know who I'm thinking about. Yes, but there's also a guy in here that we talk about all, all the time. All the time. All the time. And he's all very, all the he's time. very boring. Oh, while he's there. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that is funny. Oh, boy. So you got Nets Knicks tonight. That'll be in Brooklyn. We will have that for you right here on the fan. And as- oh, Wally Zerbiak. I know that name. Oh, God. Uh, we had the t- the four teams that lost this weekend. Did uh, meet the media Monday in the NFL? Um, D'Amico Ryan says he looks forward to CJ Stroud. How about the build in year one? It's encouraging. When you have a young guy who's able to grow, not only as the entire season, but to see him grow and take the coaching points and grow from week to week. And week to week and win a lot of 4, games. 4,100 yards passing, man. That's that's amazing for a rookie. And the 23 to 5. I know, that's the touchdown to interception. Man. Yep. And uh, it wasn't sacked that much. He ran the ball a little bit, not a lot. He plays the position the way the position is supposed to be played. But I will say... That they they have a young group of guys, Tank Dell and Nico Collins. Tank will be back next year, and they I think are seventy million under the salary cap, so they can sign some guys to extensions, and they can also bring in some free agents. Remember yesterday you were talking about Todd Bowles, the timeout, the non timeout. Why did you yep. use it? All right, so he was asked that yesterday as they were pretty much wrapping things up for the year. Here was his answer: It's not a gentleman's agreement. They were in field goal range. Uh, would have had twelve seconds calculated after using that timeout to come back from it. Then we would have been down eleven points. It's kind of pointless. You kind of know when the game is over and. The game was over. I agree with you. You get a block and a return. Yeah, he's talking about if they make the field goal and then kick off, you get down to 12 seconds. What about the other side? Like, if they miss the field goal, what about about if you block the field goal? Well, that's exactly what I said yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you got to get, I know that all of it's unlikely, but you got to give yourself a chance. And there was, they would have had 30 seconds if they called the timeout and kicked the field goal and then missed it and they would have gotten the ball back at that point. I mean, it's at least, you at least give yourself a a chance. Yeah, he just, but the Lions screwed up the clock. They did too, yes. So when the Lions got the ball back, everybody thought that they would have figured it out and not screwed up the clock and would have run it out. So Todd Bowles probably on the sidelines like, they're not going to screw that up. The game's over. But they did, and no one on the sideline figured it out to call a timeout. And by the way, Dan Campbell did take, except you know, he took uh, accountability, if you will, for screwing up at the end of the game like that. And could you imagine had... Oof. They ended up losing because of that? <laughs> oh, yes, I could, actually. I mean, but it like, didn't. Listen, we can't be meatheads here, guys. We have to be thinking. You have to think as a coach. It's great to want to rip off kneecaps. It's great to start <laughs> screaming at your team. It's great to be Todd Bowles and be very you know, laissez-faire about things. At the end of the day, you got to always be thinking. you got to always be on. And if, and if the Lions would have lost that game because they screwed up the clock at the end of the game... I can't even imagine. See, that I as, as much as I love Dan Campbell and love what he's doing and I'm rooting for him, that that is a huge mistake. A yeah. Huge mistake. And luckily the guy on the other sideline was worse of a coach than him. He got away with it. He did. Exactly. Uh, just one other one. Josh Allen spoke yesterday. So obviously a very disappointing loss uh to the Chiefs on Sunday at home. Here he was thinking forward, the team and the organization still in a good spot. You know, all signs are still pointing up with this team. I, I know um, it feels bleak, and there's probably going to be a lot of change, whether it's personnel, um, guys coming back, guys not 
playing. And again, that's all speculation. That- but it happens on every team, and yeah, you understand course. what he's saying. Yes. So we shall see. Um, Lions, Niners, Sunday NFC Championship game. And Zach Ertz did sign in Detroit. The Titans reportedly finalizing a deal to make Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan their next head coach. And the Panthers naming former linebacker Dan Morgan as their new GM. He has been serving as their assistant general manager. He's now, been there for like 20 years, I think. Played there. Played there yes. for eight, I think. Something Started like that. Working played in the organization. There, was in the organization and, you know, basically has been a part of the fabric of that organization. All right. Once upon a time, sitting in this chair, you guys know him well. You love Peter Schwartz. He had the um, the problem with one specific um, liquor he couldn't pronounce mm-hmm. as Eddie will play for us. Tequila. Not tequila, but tequila. Okay. This is not the same, but it's close on the uh, the Nightline podcast with Chad Ochocinco and Shannon Sharp. Chad had his tequila moment. You know, Unc has his cognac, right? Yep. Le Portier. <laughs> the day we hit a million and go live, the day we hit a million subscribers and go live, I'm going to have my first sip of, of cognac. <laughs> <laughs> cognac. Now, is he doing that on purpose? No. No, he's not doing it on purpose oh, well. at all, actually. He thought it was pronounced cognac. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, if you want here, I can give you this is this is the rest of it. Well, why spell C O G N A C though? Oh, the G silent. Yeah. Why you got me saying it wrong all this time, man? It's you, you Ocho. <laughs> Hold up. So, how you say it? Say it. Say it again. Cognac. Con. Yeah. Okay, you said cognac, but it's spelled C O G N A. Why not a Y? Because you saying yak. Um, yeah. So it should be C O N Y A C. You're right, Ocho. He was not doing that on purpose. That is clear. That is clear. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, Cognac. Cognac. (laughs) That's pretty funny. I know what Pico de Goyo is. It's okay. (laughs) He's had a lot of them, too. Imagine those two doing a show together or a podcast together. (laughs) I mean, holy cow. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Devils Golden Knights last night. The Devils trailed in the third, 5-4. to four. They got the game-tying goal from Curtis Lazar, and then in overtime. Now it's dumped ahead, picked off by Hughes. Across come the Devils. Hughes for Toffoli. He scores! Tyler Toffoli, the hat trick. The Devils win 6-5. to five. <laughs> Matt Lockley. Did he jump out of a building after that? 6-5. <laughs> That is a, that's a good win for the Devils, man, Boom. beating that team. You know, no joke. Yes, no, absolutely. Jumping off They need to get them. going here. Absolutely. Well, of course they do, you know, and oh. look, they're 24 and 18 and 3 right now. And, uh, you know, Vegas is a hell of a team, man. They're defending uh, Stanley Cup champs. I'm just picturing Matt Lachlan jumping out of the booth <laughs> onto the ice. Six to five. <laughs> Chico going, what? John well, Matty. The two of them on Devils Radio 6-5 was the final score. You got the Islanders home for Las Vegas tonight. The Rangers are in San Jose against the Sharks. Araldus Chapman, boy, where has his career gone? He goes to the Pirates. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ten and a half million. Good for him. He's and, a trade target. You know that. And Hofstra beat Stony Brook last night, 80-74. to 74. All right, thanks, Jerry. Quickly, uh, Kieran in Dix Hills has advice for me. What's going on, Kieran? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, hey, Gio, so yesterday you were talking about you had to go to the DMV to take an eye test. Yeah, because they're going to suspend my license, apparently, yes. Yeah, I had the same issue. So yesterday I went online to renew my license. I'm going through to put my stuff in, and it says I need an eye test. So my like, crap. So I Googled a little bit more, and you can take the test right online. If you Google New York license eye test, um, you get a 
And you give somebody a social security number and then send them $600? No, no, it's $49. Okay. And an ophthalmologist comes right onto your screen, shows you three screens, you read the letters, and he says, okay, you pass. They send you an email. He tells you he already sent the link to the uh, DMV. You click the link in the email, and you go to put your stuff in. You're in for to renew your license, and the ICAST part doesn't even come up, and it's done in like five minutes. Okay. I will try it. New York license eye test. Google that, and I get a. Why we still have ninety-seven-year-olds driving? <laughs> right, virtual <laughs> ophthalmologist. Yeah, same thing. I had to do the same thing. It was, it was ridiculous. Okay, all right. No, I appreciate that, Kira. I will. Uh, I will give that a shot because there's nothing worse. Even though the DMV is a little bit better now that you make appointments, mm-hmm. it's a little bit better. They kind of figured that out since the pandemic. It's been much better. Yeah, and I go all the way out to Riverhead because there's not as many people out there going to the DMVs or like Medford and some of these other places around me. But uh, if I don't have to go in there, I will not go in there, just like everybody else in America. I mean, it is the worst. It is it is hell, straight living hell. I kind of feel the bad DMV. for the people that work there. Do you? I do, because I don't think it's necessarily their fault. I think it's pretty much they're understaffed, and there's so many things that go on through the DMV. Like, it's just, it's never ending. Could you imagine working there, like, for 25 years and going there the same day, the no, same no, thing? No, I mean, but everything, that's their, everything, yeah, it's everybody's job. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, no, but I mean, like, that that particular job. I know, and you're, I know you got it. And you're always dealing with somebody that doesn't have the right paperwork or something. You yeah. don't have the right paperwork. <laughs> and then they get pissed off, and then you got to fight with them. Yeah. It's Very a, it's stressful. Yes. It is the worst. All right, thanks, Jerry. It's Boomer and Geo coming to you live from the Build Forward Top Studio. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot take. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Boomer and Gio on the fan and CBS Sports Network. I thought that this was interesting. So Ty Law went on with Dan Patrick, and he said that before Belichick got to New England, players would drink whiskey from a flask during practice that was provided by Mike Vrabel. He also said he and other teammates would drink on the way to practice, and it happened during the Parcells and Pete Carroll years. Now, I'm not naive to think that guys don't indulge here or there, but to hear that during practice, I mean, it's probably cold. That's probably why they were doing it. Like, it's freezing, and they're outside New England December. But during practice, that Vrabel's 
passing around a flask. And these guys are drinking whiskey during practice. That was a little surprising to me. Did stuff like that happen when you were playing? I, I don't remember anything like that happening when I was playing. I don't remember. You know, I played for three organizations. I think every time we went out to practice, everybody seemed like to be, you know, on the same page. Um, maybe this is why they fired Vrabel out of Tennessee. Maybe he had that flask in the meetings with him. <laughs> and maybe that's one of the reasons why, you know, that GM got fired down there. Well, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know if I can make that jump, but uh, this was a long time ago when, when Vrabel was was a player. But, I mean, and I we see, like, the old pictures from years and years ago of Len Dawson smoking a cigarette on the sidelines and stuff like that, and things are different. But you're, like, you're telling me, like, in the... The late '90s, early 2000s, these guys are drinking during practice. I mean, you found out so like NBA guys, like Gilbert Arenas, would talk about that, or uh, Ron Artest would talk about that, where they'd just be drinking at halftime. Like Ron Artest talked about how he would drink. I think, as Ocho Cinco would say, cognac at <laughs> halftime and go back out there and play. Yeah, I don't uh, listen. I know uh, other guys did other things. I know oh, they. Sure. I know. I know they played on coke and things of that nature. But yeah, um, I don't. I don't ever remember saying it. Maybe I was blind to it. Maybe yeah. I, I, it was so foreign to me that I couldn't even imagine that being the case. I mean, but, you know, everybody's different. There's some there's some wacky dudes on every team. Yeah. I do think, too, that... As Phil Sims always tells me, he says, you know, Parcells used to say, you got to have a couple rats on your team. Yeah. Got to have a couple bad guys. A couple guys with a little red ass, you as gotta, You got to have a couple guys that are, you know, they're going to lay it on the line, that are going to be a little troublemaker here or there, be a little late to a meeting, Kind of got to deal with it, you know. But when they get out on the field on Sunday, they basically do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, and I, I do think that these days you see some of these athletes and how ridiculously in shape and how much they dedicate like 24-7 to their bodies. I know some of them are having off seasons where they, they go and they get fat and they come back and use training camp to get in shape. But I think now more than ever, oh boy, it's a 365. Could you imagine Nick Bosa, like... A guy takes care of his body like it's a temple. Yeah. A lot of these guys, I mean, you know, a lot of these great wide receivers, that they're all working 365 year-round now. Yep. I do know that back when we did play, yeah, you'd go to the gym and everything. I used to work out in northern Kentucky with, a, unfortunately, he's no longer with us, a former um, special teams player for the Bills back in the day. His name was Mark Pike, and he owned a gym called Better Bodies. And we would all go there and work out, you know, in the off season because mm -hmm. that would be the gym we'd go to because we didn't have the facility like these players have now. <clears throat> and you no, know, that was fun. You'd go hang out with your guys. You go work out with those guys and everything else. But nowadays, you know, all these guys got trainers. They're all going to specific facilities for whatever they need to work on, whether it be quickness or speed, or they want to get stronger, they want to get bigger. You know, Tua spent the whole off season working on his like his legs. He wanted to get stronger. He wanted to get bigger, um, you know, and have a better base to be able to play with. And it certainly showed itself this year as he made it through 17 games. Yeah, absolutely. Now, he's a guy that, I mean, he's under criticism against amazing. He went from an MVP season to now to this point where they fell apart. God and, 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 and everybody will look at him and say, well, all right, it was nice. He stayed healthy. You know, he was able to, his accuracy is there. But, man... If things break down, their he can't do fell, it. Their defense fell if apart. He, but, but that was no excuse for the offense to stop scoring points. Yeah, but they lost like seven guys on defense. So, you know, but their the offense team, stopped scoring points. Yeah, but the other team is controlling the ball, holding on to the ball. You don't have a lot of time to get back on the field. 
I mean, it, it wasn't like a perfect season for them. It was a good season. Yeah. Um, and they they ended up getting hammered by Baltimore late. Uh, they lost the number two seed. Um, they had to go on the road. They had to play in frigid weather in Kansas City. Everybody knows how difficult that is. I mean, again, like they, have they that- had two drives in that Tennessee game where they, I mean, I know the defense let him down. He had two opportunities, too. That offense went nowhere. Right. That That's where their season kind of went haywire the last, like, four minutes of that Tennessee game. And there's no, I mean, look, I, <laughs> there's one Patrick Mahomes, all right? And then there's everybody else. Ah, that's all I can tell you. Right. He's obviously the king right now, but there's some guys that are really, really good. And obviously oh, he's facing great one. players. And, you know, and Tua himself is a great player. Yeah. So I, I like Tua, but I, I just, I do, I do think that, you know, as as Greg Olson was saying uh, during the, the Fox game that over this past weekend, that when Brock Purdy, everybody says he'll sit there, he's system quarterback, this and that, but he's moving around. And he's doing things. He's breaking the pocket. He's finding. So, like he he says, like if you <clears throat> if you can't move, you can't play in this league. Now that that's just some of the stuff that I've been reading. Criticism of Tua is like when things break down, he's not doing the stuff that Brock Purdy does. Like he sits there and it's like read, 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 and then <clears throat> things break down. He can't he can't do anything about it. So that that's the only point. You know, there is movement. There's movement like Josh Allen movement, and Lamar Jackson movement, and there's Tom Brady movement. And then there's Tom Brady movement, just a little bit, just right. a little bit. You don't have to take off and run, but it, you know, Tom would take off and run every now and again, as does Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes would like to play the game behind the line of scrimmage. That's where he'd like to play it, but maybe three or four times a game, he'll take off and go down the sideline. Yeah, you know. So it's it's uh, I don't know. It's <laughs> I mean. You get you get frustrated. I, I get frustrated exactly, because it's exactly. like, all right, what's the alternative for Miami? Who do you want as a quarterback? Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm oh, yeah, you want Zach Wilson? You can have him. No, God, uh, no. You, you want Sam Darnold? You can have him. Oof, you yeah. want? Uh, I mean, who do you want? You want uh, Will Levis? You can have him. What about Justin Fields? You want Justin Fields? You can have him too. Yeah. I uh, may not hit anybody in the chest with the ball down the field on time. Yeah. But man, he'll be exciting and he'll be running all over the place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 